If you have found this video, you have overcome an uncountable number of shadow bans. Hello everyone and welcome back to Common Sense. Today I am chatting with the creator of The Black Pill, an autistic anonymous bodybuilder from Twitter, Masculine Millennial. What is the origin story of how you became this schizo-autistic black pill bodybuilder? So I never intended to get to this point. Uh, when I started my Twitter, you know, I was really just into bodybuilding, general self-improvement, and looking for like-minded people to bounce ideas off of. As my account has grown, I've been able to have open lines of communication with people that I never expected to be able to talk to. After talking to these people and digging into certain topics, I started coming to these conclusions, and that's the kind of stuff you'll see on my feed today. Uh, I'm just going after little pieces of knowledge that are little known. Yeah, so before you started your Twitter account, did you do any of this research or have any of these opinions beforehand? Or do you think it was really talking to some really well-connected people on Twitter that got you in down these rabbit holes? Definitely not before. I was never into any sort of politics or anything growing up, really probably was one of those people who didn't know who the president was until I was in college. That's why I think it's so such a natural progression that I can't really fake it at this point because it's it's everything coming together. Very cool. So just wanted to start off a bit with something that's happened recently. There's been this article in The Atlantic that says we should have a COVID amnesty. We should forgive and forget all that happened during the COVID pandemic. Somehow, I don't think you're going to agree with that. What do you think is an appropriate response to what we experienced in the past two years? My perspective is coming from someone who was able to see through the whole agenda from the very beginning. So coming from that perspective, I don't want to be in a society with those people. And I know that's not realistically possible. I've learned to stop expecting any kind of official accountability. So I think our, the, the best path forward um, is for people who knew what was going on and actually understand right from wrong on a moral level and don't see it through a lens of politics is that we just sort of distance ourselves and stop listening to those people and treat them as children. How were you able to see through it so early? What were the indicators right when it was happening in the spring of 2020 that indicated to you that this was not what they were saying it was? The, the videos coming out of China, I remember seeing those on Twitter at least a month before anyone else was ever talking about it. And I was like, this is propaganda at best. Uh, you know, they could try to attack us with some kind of bioweapon, but you'll know that immediately if it's real. And once I started seeing them go after the old people and try to distance everybody, once everyone started getting sick and they start talking about the vaccines immediately, Trump's fully on board. And then, you know, the entire government's in on it with big pharma. And so I think it was pretty simple to steer clear from anything they wanted you to do from that point on. So to what extent do you hold Trump responsible for the vaccines? Do you think it was him just trying to get the economy reopened probably before the election in 2020? Do you think he had any knowledge? Was he completely unaware? Like, where do you put him in this? Uh, I do blame him a lot. The thing is, he's completely guided by his God complex and narcissism. <laughs> so you know that anything that he thinks he can get a win off of, he's going to take it to the fullest extent. I think with him and Fauci, they were a perfect team to be able to get the majority of people in the country to at least consider taking the vaccine. And I think it's disgusting that Trump won't still won't come out against the vaccine. I don't know who he's got around him that is either still lying to him or is willing to see people die it's too late for him to come out now and he's it's kind of sad that he's ruined any of the good things that he did because he was too proud to be able to say that he was completely 
tricked by these guys. I put him in the same boat. I think he was a useful idiot to an extent in that he couldn't imagine the fact that he had been played because he was right. so convinced of his own grandeur, if you will. But I yeah. definitely hold him responsible and I completely agree. Like, why can't you come out and say like, this was not the right thing to do. We never should have pushed this. Maybe it should have only been given to those who really, really needed it, like the elderly. But to force it on the rest of the country, just completely asinine. And you know, I am an Alex Jones respecter. Dear God. And, and Alex Jones, a uh, few months ago, he said he had Trump's guy's ear. And he said, you need to come out against the vaccine right now. If you don't, I'm going to officially stop supporting you and one of his aides got back to me and said that's not going to happen so at that point I was like he won't even consider it no matter what the evidence is that is crazy to me I kind of think Alex Jones he's not more powerful than Trump but he has some very very active passionate people to alienate that support his pride is just so strong he can't admit it it's I think it's partly that and I don't know what mindset he's in, but if he doesn't think that he can win again, then he knows that his entire body of work is already set in stone and he doesn't want to do anything that's going to taint that. So he just wants to pretend that it's not happening and like probably just make it all go away. And I personally don't think he's going to run. So that makes sense. I certainly hope he doesn't run. Why do you think he's not going to run? I, I do. I think people really underestimate the amount of people that the vaccine is going to turn off from Trump. And I think once they get down to it, where he's making the decision, yes or no, the internal polling and everything they see, they're going to see people that are 100% willing to back DeSantis or anyone else who might come up because they don't have that baggage. And having the guy with a little less personality is better from most people's perspective. Mm -hmm. So Trump was pro-vaccine. Basically, every politician in our government was pro-vaccine at one point. We haven't seen a whole lot of walk back. We haven't seen a whole lot of, hey, we were wrong about this. Do you think that was because they wanted the economy to reopen? Or was it because they were in Big Pharma's back pocket? I think you've got two distinct camps. I think you've got the people who were definitely in the big pharma pocket who they didn't care about anything else. And they knew this is my stance because this is where my money comes from. Mm -hmm. And then you also have maybe the more hardcore conservatives that were willing to do anything to reopen the economy because they knew that's what was going to be best for everyone involved. And I think there's probably a good bit of overlap there, too, where some people, especially the older people, actually believed that everything Big Pharma was telling them, you know, if you just take this shot, you'll be able to get the re economy reopened and we'll go back to normal. The amount of people who actually were getting paid by Big Pharma is relatively small, but their sphere of influence ended up making everyone have that same idea. Of all of the issues that we debate and we argue about, this one should be seen, in my opinion, as the most important. Like, how much am I going to pay in taxes? What are the laws that are governing me? If I can't decide what does and does not go in my body, all of that is fake argument. Like, I, I am not free. I don't have control. And we just lost that so quickly. Like, it made me spiral in 2020. It was like, how are we here so quickly where they can force this in me? I think there's a lot of people who agree with that point of view. Like, this, this was the issue for them. And also... These Republicans like Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Tim Scott, these people that want to run, not 2024, but 2028 maybe for president, this is a dark stain on them. Like they're always going to be associated with this. Maybe a slight white pill is I think we will get to a point where supporting the vaccine, if that's something that you did when you were in power, I think that's going to be seen the way they talk about the civil rights movement and mm. people that were like super racist back in the day mm -hmm. and it's going to be sort of a thing that you're not going to be able to get away from so that's my hope for the political class is that we can make it a big enough of a thing they're not going to be able to come back from that 
Yeah, I certainly hope so as well. And now this is what you're known for. What do you think the medical ramifications of these vaccines will be? Uh, so I've gotten a lot of these ideas from some of the medical experts that have been deplatformed mm -hmm. over the past couple of years. Um, so I believe that there were a significant amount of people who got the full-on bioweapon shot. And then I think there is probably a little over half that were given straight placebo, like nothing, just so you think people sat down for the Pfizer shot, a saline shot went in them. Right. So wow. my logic there is they know they can't do it all on day one because if you give shots and it's immediately killing half the people that take it, obviously most people are going to be smart enough to not take it then. I mean, most of my family did. Uh, I think I, I tweeted the other day, someone asked me, has anyone apologized to you? And I said, only one person, my 85 year old grandmother, <laughs> last, last time I saw her said, you know, you were right the whole time about this. I should have listened to you. Yeah, I haven't gotten any, any walking back yet. I got some heat just from other other girls in my age group, like a lot of how could you be so selfish? Like you're really a crazy anti-vaxxer. Who are you listening to? Trump made this. Like, why are you so upset? I when um the video came out of the the Dutch parliament guy in the EU who asked the Pfizer executive, like, did you test if this would prevent transmission? And she literally said no. Um, my dad said, you should put them all in a group chat and send it to them. <laughs> I was like, I think, I think we got to take the high road here, dad. I don't think we should do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I've sort of stopped trying to convince people or mm -hmm. explain my opinions because I think it's already been vindicated many times over and it's not going to do me any good to make them feel worse. But I would think even long-term, I think like, for even 40% of people might be fine and never see any effect. So I'm sure that you were in this, this was a sinister plot camp. There's also the camp of people who think they were just reckless and it was big pharma trying to exploit a situation by getting a vaccine out, forcing everyone to take it. Everybody made a ton of money. Well, I mean, think about it like this. The people who control big pharma and the whole plan they also own the money printers and the central banks so i i think that the money argument is doesn't really make any sense because if they wanted more money they'd just start another war or find a way to get money it's not it's not a great they wouldn't be willing to take the risk so i think Maybe it's a little bit of that for certain people involved. Maybe like the big pharma execs, that's their one way to hit a big. And they're willing to cut every corner to get there. But then you have to think, well, they could have given everyone saline. And they would have known that they weren't killing anyone and still made the money. Um, on the topic of sinister supervillains, I have been called a conspiracy theorist whenever I use this term globalist. So in your view... Who are the globalists? What do they want? And why the need for a great reset? I have seen this huge push now to sort of make globalist a dirty word that you can't use. And I think they're starting to understand that a larger amount of people, especially younger people, are willing to put the pieces together and say, who's in charge of this whole thing. And so from my perspective, when I think globalists, I think you've got the central bankers, the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, et cetera. Mm. Those people, they see all humans as cattle. And then I think the next level down, you've got your operatives who are the public face of these programs. You've got Bill Gates, Soros, Obama, Klaus Schwab, who comes out and says anything they want. And then even below that, you've got your celebrities, no-name, blue-check journalists on Twitter, low-level politicians, and then you've got your 
NPCs and MK Ultra victims who put the message out no matter what, even though they're not seeing any return from it. A lot of them don't even know that they're involved in it. And obviously their overall goal is population control and they want to get all the resources, control the population, and they'll do anything they need to to get to their vision. And I actually don't believe the whole carbon thing that they push all the time. Mm. They, I, I think that was some sort of idea that someone put on a whiteboard. I, how do we make people poor, miserable, and make them stop having kids? And to tell them that them living a normal life is harmful for the environment. Yeah, I heard that from Alex Jones, the idea that like, what is the final level of carbon output? It's you breathing carbon dioxide, which is terrifying if the goal is to reduce carbon emissions. But again, that's completely conspiracy theory, of course. Um, So you said they treat human or they view humans as cattle. Why do they care if there's a ton of us or there's not as many of us? I see this. This is an argument that I get all the time on Twitter. Anytime I mention depopulation, someone wants to say, well, they need all of us to run their factories, mine the coal, anything they need. They need all these people. And especially they say, why would they get rid of the people who are willing to take the vaccine? They're the most compliant and they'll do anything they want. And to that, I just think, they, they truly don't care. They don't see you as a human. It, it would be, I like the analogy that they view you as ants. So mm-hmm. when it rains, you see an ant hill. All those ants are going to die. A lot of them will. You don't actually care. And even if they were doing something beneficial to you, your view would be, well, there will be a lot more. It's not like we need that many. Their main thing is they think they're going to get to this transhumanist weird point in history where they, they can do everything with AI Mm. and they only want that very, very small elite who are going to program the AI, make all the decisions. And then they don't need any humans. I think one of the most harrowing things that happened recently was when Elon Musk started talking about the population crisis, I had grown up being told that, we were on the edge of popul- overpopulation my entire life in public school. Like, we have to be really careful. Like, we're just going up and up and up and up. It's exponential growth. Like, the people in Africa, they're growing so quickly. Like, we're going to run out of resources, run out of water. And then Elon Musk just posts the actual figures a month ago. And he was like, actually, we're on the edge of population collapse because fertility rates are so low. That has to be conditioning to an extent. I think they can make people believe anything, no matter how ridiculous it is. So, yeah, if you look at the strictly the, the data that we already have, which is a few years lagging, I mean, we're headed towards absolute collapse of fertility rates and largely related to the testosterone, which that's another big factor for them is make the men women, mm-hmm. make the women men. And obviously then there's nobody having families. And so it is crazy that people actually believe that there's too many people because a simple look at the data tells you that that's laughably false. And I I don't try to get into the head of the NPCs normally, but sometimes I just, I look at a chart of something and I'm like, if everyone on earth looked at this, I think half of them still deny it on first look. It's so interesting because I broke out of the NPC bubble in 2020, really. Like, I was conservative, but I I was like a neocon, Nikki Haley kind of conservative. And then when I got locked in my house for a year, I went down the deep end and I started filing. Cernovich, you, Alex Jones, like all those types of things. And it really busts you out of this bubble. And you're like, oh my God, it's like the cave pictures in Plato's cave. It's exactly that feeling. Like all of the things that I had used to be concerned about, like climate change, my entire life, I was terrified of climate change. 
And even if it was true, I think telling a bunch of six-year-olds in elementary school that the world is on fire is a bit manipulative, but that's just me. And then it turns out that, eh, that's not really the case. Like, it's not global warming. It's climate change. It goes back and forth. Like, if they're lying to me about that, they're they're lying to me about everything. And that's when I broke out of that NPC bubble. And I think COVID broke a lot of people out, but there's still quite a few NPCs that refuse to let it go. Right. And the the reason they don't seek the answers is it's uncomfortable. And mm. if you actually knew the truth, you probably wouldn't like it. And it's going to change your life, possibly for the worst. So almost everyone is seeking comfort in everything they do. And that's one of our big problems. Seeking comfort in everything they do. I think that's a really good way to describe our civilization right now or our society. They don't want to be exposed to anything difficult. A lot of us don't. The difficulty of resisting things like a vaccination mandate, the inconvenience of that, because that's how I would describe it when I I didn't take the vaccine. I had to go through a bunch of exemption processes at school. I couldn't go to bars in certain places. I couldn't do all of these things. It was just inconvenient. Like it wasn't that terrible until I thought I was going to lose my job a few months ago. But um, that resistance, people aren't willing to do that. They're not willing to give up a little bit of comfort or go the hard way around to avoid something that's tyrannical. And I have talked to thousands of people on Twitter over the last few years, you know, there was a point where I was getting 50 DMs a day from people, usually like college age kids or people with jobs that were going to fire them asking, like, do you think it's actually worth it? Like, this is going to uproot my entire life. I remember one kid messaged me. He was a college athlete. And he was, you know, set up to have a big year, I think, eventually hoping to go pro. And he was saying, you know, they told me I'm either taking it or I'm off the team. And that one really hit me kind of hard because I would have been in that same situation had it happened five years earlier. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking, what would I have done? And I think I probably would have just taken it. But the fact that they would make a kid who's 19 years old decide between his dreams and his life is pretty messed up I I totally agree and even on the the right now the people who didn't take the vaccine who refer to themselves as pure bloods like if you're not a pure blood you're weak you cucked basically there was a lot on the line for people like if you're a father of a family of five and your job is on the line I don't see that as cucking by taking the vaccine. I see that as you were put in a horrible position, that's more than inconvenient. And I was in a position where I'm only responsible for myself. This is more of like a a principle philosophy resistance by a woman of one, you know, an army of one. I was in a position where I could resist against it. In a lot of cases, people couldn't. Like I know my dad, he had worked at this company for freaking 25 years and they mandated the vaccine and he, he had to get it or he was going to be let go. And they almost mandated the booster and he had a really bad reaction to the vaccine. And I was like, dad, please don't get it. And he was like, I, I guess I'll have to quit and try to find a new job at 60 years old. Like it right. was incredible. Eventually they, they didn't mandate the booster, but. Uh, yeah, that's, it was an easy decision for me because I have nobody depending on me. I, I feel like I can make it pretty well on my own, worst case. So I knew based on that, it wasn't a tough decision for me besides the minor inconveniences. But there is a lot of people who didn't have a choice. And I think that's why, you know, people are going to increasingly talk about forgiveness or stuff like that. And I, I hate that argument because in my mind, that's not something that you forgive that someone forced you to take a medical experimental vaccine or your life's ruined. I I totally agree. Like I'm going to go to my, my deathbed angry about this. Like I'm <laughs> never going to forget this. And it's not even For just sure. they, they forced it on us, but they also made everyone around us hate us. Family members, friends, 
Like the conditioning was so intense. And I was in college at the time. Like I lost good friends, like girls who should have been my bridesmaids who were so angry at me for voting for Trump, for not getting the vaccine. If the world was as it should be, we never should have had those conflicts. And they turned them against me for daring to be the resistance. Right. And that goes back to the comfort thing again, is that that's, that's a majority of people looking for that. And the easy thing to do was to do what you were told by CNN and go take the vaccine. And if you choose not to do that, I actually view it as a positive in my own life because anyone who ends a friendship or doesn't want to talk to you anymore over a very personal decision and something that is going to turn out to be the absolutely correct decision. I, I don't think those are the kind of people you want influencing you anyway. Yeah, that's a very good point, And I agree with that. Um, like, at least for me, like these were 20 year old girls, like talk about the most easily manipulatable population there is. They're insecure about their place in the social standing. They're on Instagram all day long. And they're really, really passionate about social issues. Like they've been trained their entire lives to be this operative right now. And so I I hold them responsible for being, for lack of a better word, jackasses. But I also understand, I don't hold them responsible because they were trained to do this. Like they're just being agreeable. That's all they were being, just not agreeable towards me. They're being agreeable towards the society, towards the culture, to everything that had been told to them. So they are both responsible and both victims of the situation. Yeah. So I did hear a lot of social media influencers took money to make a TikTok video or whatever about how everyone needs to take the vaccine. And those people, I think they need to come down harshly on them, almost worse than the people at the top. Yeah. Because... I think if you took a single dollar to promote something that you either knew wasn't right or it sounded weird that someone's paying you to do this, I think I think that should be life in prison minimum in my perfect society. <laughs> There's these singers and like Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo, who they invite to the White House, they take all these pictures, and then they have girls who say, make sure you go get your vaccine. Like... To all the 15-year-old girls that watch them, it's completely dystopian when you think about it that way. It's something out of the Hunger Games. Absolutely. So we've been describing the myriad of problems facing the United States at the moment and the Western world as it is. What is the number one priority problem in the United States today that we need to try to fix? I think it would be the war on masculinity and testosterone. I think that's at the root of most of our issues. So if you were to take all the males in America today, set their testosterone level at an even eight, 900, which is in the high normal range on their scales today. If you just do that, liberalism disappears overnight. And that's that's just factual. I mean, you've, there's all kinds of studies. Lifting weights and being high test makes you more likely to be right wing politically. So if we do that, liberalism disappears. And then that solves most of your other issues within a month. It's got cascading effects down to women, children, government. I mean, so the average man today has no hope they were set up to fail and if they do happen to succeed you've got things like family courts divorce and Mm. taxes even that will make sure that they don't make it any further Mm -hmm. so when you look at that i think setting them up just testosterone levels and allowing them to be men you've got happier women successful families and everything just sort of sprouts out from there yeah i i think that's a huge probably the issue as well and i was just talking to someone else about it like the young demographic of the men who typically change societies are you know the warrior class the 
the people who typically are sent off to war, that is where the societal change really has to come from. And our class of young men is completely feminized at the moment. Like there's a very small pocket of people who have that high test, who are bodybuilding, the bro science, all of those things. But the average guy has been neutered. Do you think that's caused by like the environment? So part of it is just like plastic in the water and hormones and estrogen everywhere. The other part of it is the culture, which is purposefully shutting down any expression of masculinity. So how do you fix this? Like, yeah, you can just get people on tests or you can have them start taking boron or something, which will lift their testosterone levels. But the culture itself, how do we get more guys in the gym, basically? I think if you were to look back to any great civilization, I think, as you said, you've got your warrior class who does things, builds things, and makes all the decisions. And therefore, in the end, gets all the women. So the difference we've got today is modern life is so easy Mm. that these guys who never would have been able to breed in past civilizations because they are feminized, they don't have any power, respect, anything, those guys weren't having kids in previous generations, previous civilizations. So it does a problem that fixed itself. You're not able to just come out and say that most most guys shouldn't be having children there's really nothing we can do in the current state to fix that issue yeah i am um, as a young woman that was originally a flaming liberal a couple years ago i always thought or was at least told that I was never going to reach my full potential as a stay-at-home mom. Like my full potential was to be a lawyer at some firm or at Goldman Sachs or doing all of these things. That's when I would reach my full potential. But now if you look at the world, what's on the line here is the fate of society. So these stay-at-home moms, they're essential, like really good stay-at-home moms raising honorable, respectful children like that's our only hope. So the idea that my potential would be better met in some fluorescent lighted office somewhere rather than at home with six kids, that's a lie. My ups of all time is telling women they'd be happier outside the house. Yeah. I mean, I am concerned I'm going to get a bit bored, not going to lie, doing a lot of dishes and laundry and things like that, which is why I started my anonymous internet persona because I can do this while at home. I mean, having a creative outlet, that's, I mean, what more could you ask for being taken care of, having a creative outlet? And it doesn't sound great to me because I want to be out doing things, but I think for the average woman compared to what they're going to be facing in the corporate world where they're very unlikely to be happy, it's a lot better. Totally agree. So on this topic of women, we have one guy who stood up for the man in this culture. And that person is Andrew Tate. What is your take on Andrew Tate? To me, it's it's relatively simple. We've got all these horrible, I wouldn't call them role models, but people who are influential in our society. And he, so my simple answer is, has he had a net positive impact on the young men that we need to become the next leaders and i would say absolutely yes everyone will make the argument especially if you talk to some of the women maybe yourself they'll they'll have all these arguments about well he said this one bad thing about women and that's disrespectful i don't like that and i'm thinking okay but how many young men did he inspire or influence to start lifting weights, respect themselves, anything else. And I think overwhelmingly would be positive outcome from the things that he's doing. Yeah, I actually agree with most of what Andrew Tate says. I think he is successful in getting at the male population. Like the way he communicates helps them. I think the way he communicates is never going to change the minds of young women. Just he's not the right person for that. And that's not necessarily his job. If he successfully gets market share of the young male population and convinces them to change their ways, I think it's a net win for society. The stuff that's really 
controversial is what he says about women, purity, marriage, all of those types of things. That's what people get really upset about. Not right. like women well, are bad drivers. Everyone is entitled to be as radical as they want in my mind. And I'd rather have someone who's completely polarizing but says what they think than tries to filter themselves to fit into the mainstream conservative masculinity movement young men in society still need some kind of public role model and i'd rather it be some high t renegade than dave in accounting who watches cuck porn yeah i mean i I agree with that point for sure all i'm saying is i think for a young woman to hear what he's saying who maybe has made poor choices in the past it's going to be very difficult for her to ever understand and not become defensive the way he says these things, even though right. they're very true. Like they are honestly like evolutionary biology facts. But I, I understand why some women are defensive. But, you know, the truth is amoral. It is what it is. Maybe it's better that they heard it at all. Right. You don't have to agree with it. The fact that it's biologically been true over history doesn't change based on your feelings yeah so i'm a young woman i hold this topic near and dear to my heart if it's not andrew tate what is the way to get to the young women of a society who i argue they hold weight as well if masculine men are the ones who change society because they're the warrior class young women have a part to play as well because the average dude is not getting with the gorgeous, unvaccinated, future stay-at-home mom of 12. He's going to get with the average woman. He needs something to aspire to. And right now, a lot of average women, they're not something to be coveted. So how do we talk to women? This may not be your wheelhouse. (laughs) Well, I think we've seen this worldwide propaganda aimed at young women. And they've been telling them this entire time, you can be a man. I I think if you just have some sort of model that they can see that, and and I think you're starting to see it a little bit now. I think if you see some of the viral TikTok videos that come from the younger women, they, I've seen this one go around a lot and it's like, no one told me that I was going to have to get a job in corporate America and struggle to pay rent. Like, Mm. can I go back to doing the dishes, please? Mm -hmm. And I think that obviously it's a little extreme, but I think just telling them that it's okay to not be a man and showing them successful examples of that and they can look and see, oh, this woman decided to be a woman and doesn't try to be a man and she seems a lot happier than me, so maybe I should try that. And, you know, maybe they have children And they're able to teach them that from a young age and they avoid all the propaganda. Yeah, I think a a key part of this is right now, being a stay-at-home mom, homemaking is demeaned by both men and women. Men are like, go make me a sandwich. Like, that's all you can do. That's not the right way of framing it. And then women are saying, oh, you're just a stay-at-home mom. You don't have a career of your own. Like, I think making a home and being a mother is so essential and it's so significant. It should not be demeaned. And I think both sides do that. Homemaking needs to be celebrated again, and that would fix some of this problem. Right. And I do think you were, you were asking how you can help the average rich woman. It, it doesn't take a lot to not be super political which I think is a a big part of a lot of their problems is they get too caught up in these Mm. societal issues that they wouldn't have even known about a hundred years ago. And you're more conservative guy that would be willing to marry an average woman doesn't want to deal with that. Yeah. But they're told over and over that they have to have opinions on all these things about abortion, feminism, and that's a really bad move for someone who wants long-term happiness. The average guy, most women are not attracted to the average guy right now. And that is what the red pill, Andrew Tate, fresh and fit, like that's their whole 
their whole scheme, their whole culture is saying, this is what women want. This doesn't exist. Like if you want a high value man, you have to be in the top 1% of women or whatever it is. That is caused by social media. You see these men taking women on trips and fancy clothes and purses and handbags. It makes the average guy unattractive to them. And I did the math in a video, like how many women do men find attractive and how many men do women find attractive? And it's so abysmally low that no wonder fertility rates are so low. Right. I saw that video. It was very well done. And <laughs> I think the that's the Instagram problem that we have is that you've got women who would traditionally be happy with a more average man who are seeing these things on a daily basis of people who are better looking than them and more successful. And instead of working towards that and realizing that that's not going to be their reality they think they deserve that because well why not i saw it on instagram so is the solution to stop putting kids on instagram at 13 years old and to just let them develop relationships normally that would be my thought that's definitely a part of it but i think it's so prevalent now that i think you have to just retake the culture from the bottom up maybe just normalizing the normal people who are still doing well and very happy for themselves. Yeah. And of course, the happiest people aren't on Instagram. They don't take pictures of their lives every single day because they're too busy being happy. So just to end on a slightly more uplifting note, is there a white pill here? The future, it's not set in stone yet. So what do you think the future could look like if men were to rise up and resist a bit more today? It's always there for the taking on a personal level. That's something everyone can look forward to and that no matter how bad your personal situation might be right now, there's always a way out if you're willing to do the work. And, you know, everyone sees the great reset thing as a huge negative, but I think there could be some positives that come out of whatever they try to do to us and that it's going to make people more resilient it's going to get them back to their roots and sort of take away some of the distractions that make people so comfortable today so we didn't really talk about this earlier what exactly is the great reset so it was the theme of a world economic forum meeting what do you think they're trying to reset? They're just trying to reset us with a lower standard of living or they're trying to reset us with a le less amount of freedom? Like, what are they trying to get us used to? They came out with the Agenda 2030 thing a while ago, but even before that, there were some documents ahead of time. Uh, I think that's their sort of code word phrasing for we're going to depopulate people and make them miserable. And I still don't think that they fully know or believe that they're going to be able to do it. But I, I think it's more like a pipe dream for them. I always get this. Well, okay. Who are the globalists? What do they want? Why are they trying to reset us? Like sometimes you need more of like a constructive or not constructive, but like a thorough, like here's why, here's when, here's who to, uh, to make the argument for people. But I agree that things are changing so much that it feels like at the very least, they're trying to get us used to a much crappier way of life. Right. So you're saying that there are ways that we can benefit from the Great Reset. So like becoming more resilient, really testing ourselves in a way that our generations haven't really needed to because we've been so comfortable. What would your recommendation be to the young masculine male that is living through this right now? I think the biggest thing is to make sure there's not anything that your grandfather knows that you don't know. I know a lot of guys my age that if they had to build something, grow a garden, even some of them handling guns, I don't think they could do it or have the slightest clue how to figure it out. And that's another thing that goes back to comfort. 
you know, they probably grew up thinking they'll never need to and don't want to. But, you know, we could pretty soon be in a situation where some of the things your grandfather needed to do to survive, nobody knows how to do. So I think the biggest thing is just making yourself as self-sufficient and knowledgeable as you can and also physically strong. I think building a family is something that, depending on how things break, that's going to be your your best option for getting through. Yeah. It always seems to come back to those personal responsibility, family values, like just the classic things that never go out of style is <laughs> always the recommendation. One of the most difficult things for me to watch is this transgenderism movement that's just taking fire throughout the country. What do you think is the motivation in pushing transgenderism through the culture? I think everything that we see is a designed humiliation ritual. Mm. And I don't think it's the sterilization, the surgery profits, or the destruction of the family. I really just think it's, we want to humiliate you and make you miserable as much as possible. That is an honestly is a worse motivation than any of the other ones I thought of like it's worse (laughs) than to try to profit off of us it's worse to try to isolate us to make us more vulnerable to whatever they want to do by destroying the family yeah if you think about it like that like the ant argument earlier it's you've got that one crazy kid that gets off on torturing ants and doesn't really care about anything but his own enjoyment of their suffering yeah I mean, you you look at these kids, the, the craziest stat to me still is the social engineering of, I don't remember the exact numbers, but 2% of uh, Gen X was LGBTQ, maybe 5% of the millennials, but 20% of Gen Z thinks that they are LGBTQ, whatever. I knew someone who goes to a really preppy Uh, high school like a private really rich kid high school and one in five kids in that high school is transgender not even lgbtq transgender i do sometimes wonder how that became a thing because you know when i was growing up that was oh definitely never saw a transgender kid but even lgbtq you would have been the freak of the entire school if someone found out And it's just shifted so much in like, oh, I don't even know what that is, 10, 15 years. Yeah, and I mean, it's celebrated. I think part of it is is the idea that people are coddled and things are so easy now that they need a burden that they can tell other people about. Like it makes them special to be going through something, which is why you see a lot of white rich kids saying they're bisexual saying that they think they're a boy at 15 years old and they can post about it on Instagram. Right. It's a differentiation thing. And I've seen that a lot where you'll see it with the NPCs and their Ukraine flags or whatever. It's not, not so much needing to fit in, but needing to feel like they're useful for something, they serve a purpose, and they're unique when in reality they really aren't, and they just want something to feel more important. Yeah, and again, it's women that are the most likely. Um, I was doing a little bit of research on it, and more women, young girls really, are transitioning than young boys, and it's because of that kind of group think social conditioning this makes me cool this makes me unique and they also do it by like friend group so an entire 14 year old friend group of five or six girls will decide that they're all transgender Mm, it's i have heard that creepy from the culture there's no like you know maybe that one isn't right like maybe that's a little bit too far there's no walking back yes you are who you say you are like yes go off queen yes it's your truth yeah, I just can't. Like, it makes you want to like lock your kids inside your house and <laughs> never let them see other weird people. <laughs> that is that is a good question, though. I'll, I should ask you if if it's still this way when you have kids that are that age. What would your move be? Homeschool. 
<laughs> homeschool and no social media. The kids aren't already going to get social media because I think, especially as a young girl, I got Instagram at like 13, like the worst possible time for Instagram to be rolled out and everyone's posting like, so you don't feel good about yourself. You see when your friends are hanging out without you. Like it's just really destructive, especially for like middle school, which is already the worst time to be alive. But in terms of like, if this is what the school is like, like these crazy ass teachers I see on libs of TikTok or like just anything, they're going to be at in home with me. Right. That's, <laughs> I'm not that's how that. I feel. It's like at this point, if it were to get any worse, there's really no other option. The public school education really slid off a cliff in the past five years. Like I was a public school kid all the way through and I only noticed that they started teaching us crazy things at like 17 or 18. So my junior or senior year of high school, the rest of it was solid. It maybe wasn't the most challenging, but they were not teaching me critical race theory or any of these things that you see on TikTok now. If that trend increases, it continues, then the public school system is nowhere a kid should be in the next five years right. even. I think that's going to be one of the worst outcomes from COVID that nobody's really talked about yet. Overall, education literacy rates were like on a steep decline. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I've seen stories lately about kid was accepted to an Ivy and his GPA was like a 1.3, which was the highest in the school. Wow. I don't know how much you talk to the Zoomers or younger kids, but the education it's always been pretty bad in public school but i think we're gonna have like a generation of pretty academically worthless kids coming up when they're on zoom obviously you don't learn anything on zoom i was in college on zoom i didn't learn anything on zoom so i can't imagine a 12 year old like pretending to pay attention virtually like the whole thing is idiotic but then even after they went back in school, because of all the COVID tests, that would take up like two or three periods a day. Like if anyone had COVID, they all had to go get tested. They all had to sit back down. The teacher would be out because she didn't want to be exposed. The, the ramifications continued beyond just being virtual for that one year. And then you think about the kids that are in bad homes, the kids that don't have a lot to eat at home. And the whole thing is just so despicable that they did this to children. And they're trying to, as we started off this conversation, the pandemic amnesty. There's no freaking way I'm going to forget that they did that. There, <laughs> nobody is. <laughs> like, there's so many kids, so many kids. You just threw away two and a half years of their lives. You know, yeah. you would be surprised. And someone was asking me about this on Twitter yesterday. They said there's no way that even the people that were pro all the lockdowns and everything like there's no way they're gonna just forget all the horrible things that were done to them possible schizo argument on twitter saying that oh uh, that actually happened in a different timeline so all the npcs actually already forgot about lockdowns and they don't remember <laughs> it. oh my goodness and they're just gonna say you know it was a it was a necessary sacrifice at the time and knowing what we know now, we wouldn't have done it, but we all came together as a society and we made the sacrifices we need to. Yes, speech bubble over the NPCs. Yeah. So some of the people that I know that were COVID diehards, jab me as many times as you want. Like, I'll do whatever you say to look as virtuous as possible. They're still sucked in. They'll never let it go because if they were to admit that they had been lied to, like something in their mind would break. But then there is a piece of people okay, who were on the pro-COVID, like I'll agree to your rules side, who are like, okay, this one is one step too far. And they're losing those people right now. Because I have some diehard blue Democrats in my family who are like, you know, like those vaccine mandates right now are stupid. Are like, wow, they really lied to us. And we talked about that earlier. You have some family members saying the same thing. Right. Well, it's become their entire identity. And the last thing you want to do is figure out that your entire identity is a lie i lament over the state of this culture that politics is so essential to all of our relationships now but there's no way you can get out of it like do you think a conservative and a democrat could get married no definitely not i wish that 
the majority of people were disconnected from politics, I think we'd be better off. Like mm. people assume that I love politics because I end up talking about it a lot. I actually hate all of it. I can't agree more. <laughs> I'm not interested at all, but it's sort of like, I don't want to be sitting here allowing them to ruin my kid's future and yeah. not know what's going on. So because of that, I have to be locked into it. They've done a great job on the division and no, that relationship couldn't work. There's no way. But I think the idea that both of them would feel strongly enough to know that it wouldn't work, then that's a bigger issue. That's true. I totally relate to like hating politics, being really invested in it. I like to talk about the ideas of good governance. Like I like to read the Federalist Papers and I think I've run some ideas by you, like who should really be voting on these topics? Like who has a vested interest in the common good? I could sit here and philosophize about that all day long, but the actual like day-to-day politics, it's gruesome like it, it tears you down man it's like where right you yeah i love a good debate about uh voting rights but uh talking about what lies the press secretary said on a day-to-day basis yes. is pretty awful totally on my channel now like i've had some serious success with making these really stupid shorts of like democrats talking so i have to scope the interwebs for the worst clips I can find. And I, I feel like I'm dumbing myself down. I really got to read more every day to counteract it. <laughs> okay. What do you think is the most likely outcome of the next, let's say, five years? Do you think it's total new world order? We go the way of China with facial recognition, social credit scores, every move made, watched, limited? Or do you think we have some resistance in there? My sources uh, <laughs> tell me that they are like fully set on rolling out the digital currency in July of next year. Ugh. And I think that's going to be the first domino to fall to where we're quickly on the way to China, where it'll be digital currency system, which is immediately backed by some sort of social credit score. And I also think this election is going to be the last one that we actually have. What? I don't think they're going to allow a presidential election in 24. If they can't cheat their way to winning this election, the Democrats, then I think they're going to give up on trying to do it in a way that they can convince the public is legit. And they're just going to go total all right, we'll just start World War III, roll out the digital currency, and you're not going to get to vote. Holy guacamole. That's the hottest take you've had today, and you've had some <laughs> hot ones. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it has to be the plan because, as you said, with the COVID stuff and everything else, it just gets more clown world every day. If you would have told me where we are today, even with some of the like the Alex Jones lawsuit decision, yeah. like trillion dollars, whatever. If you would have told me that two years ago, I would have said, you know, there's no way things get that bad that quick. But we've got this normalcy bias as a society that that happens. Everyone's already forgot about it two weeks later. So just think about where we could be in a year from now. Oh, my goodness. I know these Democrats, I know these people, and if they were to say that to them, like they're going to say, you know, it is our country on the line, freedom is on the line, progress is on the line, that's why we have to upend this presidential election and instate our one and only leader, Kamala Harris, to lead us into the next decade. Like, I'm, they would buy it. Yeah, Joe Biden laid the groundwork last night. I don't know if you saw that speech, but he came out in his normal, like, condescending tone saying that democracy is on the ballot. We'll take as long as we need to count the results. <sighs> and you're not allowed to say anything if you don't like them. So they're already laying the groundwork for telling you that nothing you want matters. So it's not too far of a leap. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list for shorts, so I'll see it. <laughs> but, um, God, what do we do? Like, I don't want to just fold. Like, what can we do here to prevent this from happening? That, that's, why, that's why you're calling me the black pill master. I, I know. have all the problems, and most of my solutions are too 
uh, politically incorrect to get any traction. <laughs> if they were to say 2024, just kidding, no presidential election, what do you think the average guy is going to do? Nothing? Mm, nothing. And that's the problem. Like, have you seen the footage from Brazil right now? Yeah, yeah. I don't think we have enough people who will stop watching sports or whatever else they're doing to do anything like that. I already don't want to be involved in politics, and I probably am one of the more informed political people I know. So if you think about how much the average person knows or cares, then it's going to be hard to get a large enough majority but I will say if they go forward with all the plans and make everyone's life as shitty as they want to, there could be a point where enough people have so little to lose where they're actually willing to do something. And I think that's one of the best outcomes. People call me like accelerationist all the time, but yeah. there's a reason behind that because just going with status quo, we're just going to keep getting slightly shittier every year and having things taken away and economy in the tank. So I've always been in the camp like I'd rather have three really bad years and then be cool, family good after that. No, I'm in the same boat. And, you know, not the black pill, like end of the, the union kind of problems, but like social security, fiat currency, the national debt, like all these problems that are so large, like I'd rather it just end with my generation. Like, okay, we're not getting social security. Let's end it. You know, we're going back to the gold standard. The economy will crash if we need to do that. Like I'm ready to eat it. So it doesn't keep getting worse, but I don't think a lot yeah. of people would agree with that. No, definitely not. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the issue is the comfort of prolonging and like slow decline is a lot more appealing to people than having to do anything hard. Okay. But let's say that the globalists, they hate us. I, I believe all of that. Like bull had this point, like, are they evil or are they totally incompetent? I feel as though we could mount something to overthrow these people. And there's only what, like a couple thousand of them. Right. Yeah, see, I believe the guys at the top probably are smart and they know what they're doing. But when I was telling you the, the structure, they have so many levels, pretty much anyone below that top level, like, yeah, they're an idiot. And they, they think they're getting, setting themselves up. And if we just take Bill Gates, for example, the company Microsoft, I think that was government technology. I don't think he's actually smart. Or knows anything whoa uh one of his parents was huge in the eugenics program so he's been like grandfathered into this like killing everyone stuff i don't think he's actually that smart i mean how smart can you be when you have huge mantids let's be real <laughs> that's so true you can't find 35 45 minutes three times a week bill like come on I mean, you know, I've said many times with that amount of money, I, I'll give Bezos credit and mm. Elon Musk for that stuff because they've at least made themselves look better. And Bezos looks like he's in pretty decent shape now. But I think overall, they're pretty incompetent and they're just either following orders or they've been told that if they take this thing all the way then they're going to be one of the guys that's left at the top and they'll get anything they want so it, they they don't ever scare me i feel the same way about three letter institutions everyone there is incompetent it's just backed by the military and that's the only reason anyone cares so they're largely incompetent yeah fail upward types never made anything work in their life can't make it in the private sector types um I can't say that the end of the conversation was more uplifting than the original conversation, <laughs> which was the goal, but I don't know if we hit that. Yeah, you have to just pull the good out of it, but you have to sort of extrapolate. So like, I should just go buy land somewhere, like in the middle of nowhere. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Lots of land, generator, garden, chickens, sooner yeah. rather than later. Yeah, ideally that's... <laughs> I think that's becoming the goal for a lot of people that 
understand the things that are going on. And that's sort of like a run and hide type response, but you got to look out for yourself and your family. And that's looking like the best way to do so. Where do you think we went wrong? That's a great question. I don't know. It's hard to think that things were coordinated from like the Federal Reserve Act on. Yeah. But that's that would probably be my pinpoint for like they gave up on trying to make things good and sustainable and it just became let's get as much money as possible as quickly as possible and who cares what happens to the peasants. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think on that one, and uh, I'll come back and uh, once the elections are canceled in 2024, and I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, yeah, and then we can have another podcast from my bunker in <laughs> like Montana or something. Just kidding, it wouldn't be Montana. <laughs> I would never go to Montana, guys. Don't find me. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I can't believe you said yes. I was very surprised when you said yes to my request. Yeah, of course. I, I really like your videos. I think you're a great influence on your generation and giving people info that they can't find anywhere else. Awesome. And if you wanted to plug for anybody listening, who could, where can they find your stuff? I'm on Twitter, Masked Millennial. I have an Instagram also. And I do have my supplement company, which you can find on a link in my Twitter bio. Awesome. Thank you so much again.